1: open nothing personal word of the day for wednesday june 15th 2022 is open as in the u.s open one of the four major golf tournaments i was going to say on the pga tour i was all ready to talk about the pga tour and how great it is that there's pga tour events happening and everyone's talking about phil mickelson and the live tour and the fact that dustin johnson they got paid hundreds of millions of dollars and they're on this rebel tour and on top of that it's funded by the saudis and the money's dirty everybody's talking about this it's on every show we've talked about it on this show the reason i'm bringing up the us open is that the players on the live tour who were kicked out of the us of the pga tour and some of whom actually resigned are still eligible to play in the us open because the us open is like our word of the day it's open all you have to do is qualify could even play a good round of golf and get in there but it doesn't matter what I want to talk about is a subject that has actually not been discussed as it relates to these golfers and Rory McIlroy touched on it yesterday it's incredibly frustrating as a team when and we're going to talk about Sean Watson later in the show it's incredibly f- frustrating for a team when there is a Jack Del Rio size distraction and then You don't meet the media or you don't meet the media enough causing your teammates or your manager or your president or your GM to have to face the media. Because the thing about the media is that they want information and they've got access and so they're going to ask who's ever available. So whenever we had players who had bad games, who would hide in the training room, which is a very common thing for baseball players to do, there's two places where the, well, three actually, if you count the toilets, three places where the media cannot go in the clubhouse. They can't go in the training room, they can't go in the food room, and they can't go in the urinal. So if players don't want to talk to the media or they're annoyed, they sit in one of those three areas until the media is gone and some of the best media members will just hang out because you're allowed to stay in the clubhouse after a game as long as you want so eventually you got to leave the training room and get dressed i've had players do standoffs with media where they're just sitting in the training room and the other players who are getting dressed they take their towels off totally naked reporters everywhere so tell me about the pitching performance by Ricky Nolasco, well, I'd like to say that he obviously didn't have his best stuff today, but I'm not sure why you're talking to me. Well, that's because Ricky's in the can. So it is very, very upsetting to players when they have to do that for their teammates. But in individual sports, it never sort of comes up that way. So let's say in a tennis match, if you want to talk about Venus and Serena and the match they had, part of the rule is they've got to meet the media, which led to that entire issue with Naomi Osaka, who didn't want to meet the media, said she wouldn't meet the media, then she dropped out of the tournament. I think that was a few years ago, if you remember. I'm not sure her career has rebounded since then, Coca. I don't know where she is in terms of ranking or anything. But if she's not available or doesn't want to meet the media, you generally aren't going to ask another tennis player, so tell me. What's your view of Naomi Osaka not wanting to meet the media? It doesn't really work that way. Just like in in another individual sport, golf, where after a round, so you're generally not going to ask Phil Mickelson about Tiger Woods' round, other than if they were playing together and Tiger Woods shoots a 62, and you'd say, hey, Phil, that must have been tough playing with him that round. But generally... Individuals do not have to answer for the acts of other individuals, but for whatever reason, it's totally changed right now. And I'm not sure it's because of blogs or because of social media or because of the unbridled access that people think they deserve to other people's lives, which is what all these social media sites have given you. So you get this feeling that you deserve to know everything it's very strange isn't it the level of privacy has totally disappeared side note here coca what is your expectation of privacy when you've got a public Instagram or a public Twitter or a public TikTok? I've been thinking a lot about this because we're public coca and I've been thinking about what the difference is for people who you've got to approve them following you versus anyone can follow you and then you're walking down the street or you're in a different city and you feel all really good about nothing personal or good about survivor good about the marlins when someone says hey can i get your picture good to meet you let's talk about this let's talk about that and then the people you're with say what's going on why are people approaching you to talk about this or to ask you a question or to take a picture why is it that they know you're there why do you publicize when you're traveling I've gotten that a lot from family and friends recently because I've been open and honest with you all about a lot of personal things, a lot of things going on in my life, a lot of trips that I'm taking, a lot of things that I'm doing, because I wanna share, I want to be relatable to you. But then there's the occasional person on Twitter who uses the screen and the courage of the screen of the typewriter to say things that are hurtful. But of course, In the old days, I don't know how this is getting off this topic, Coca, but in the old days, I never was hurt by anything anyone said. It didn't even matter. And now that my shell is sort of coming down and there's little holes in the shell and I'm being a little less robotic, all of a sudden I'm finding that certain things are hurting more, which leads me to believe that doesn't it make more sense to get the shell back so I'm not hurt by anything people say? I'm going to think about that as I move forward here today and over the next few weeks because that totally is making sense to me. But of course, that would be me moving backwards in my evolution. Anyway, so individual players, individual athletes who are deciding how public they're going to be or what they're going to say and how it's going to be interpreted, whether they're going to be canceled, it causes everyone to take a beat. Rory McIlroy was asked about Phil Mickelson and about the live tour yesterday and my heavens he did not take a beat you don't see this often but he decided that he was going to go full scorched earth on the people who have decided to join this other tour and when I say scorched earth it's not that it was personal he actually just said that he was so disappointed in the decision of of the players like Dustin Johnson and DeChambeau and Pat Perez and he was saying that he had been told personally Rory that they weren't joining this tour and so he said I don't really understand what happened they said they weren't joining it then they joined it so what do I do people want to back off their word I took them at face value and I was wrong and then my mind really started racing As it does at four in the morning why would an individual player let's say a tennis player or a golfer in an individual sport disclose to other golfers or other tennis players his or her intention to do something that's out of the ordinary so just break that down when you are doing your job or when you're doing anything in life and you are going to take a different path Taking the same path gives other people comfort because it's the path they've been on and they can feel ordinary just like you. Taking a different path, however, makes them tell you you shouldn't do that, I don't want you to do that because what it's really saying is I'm not doing it, so if you do it, I'm going to feel like, wow, I could have done it, should have done it, but didn't do it, so I'm going to feel crappy about myself. It's the same concept, actually, as insults and bullying It's really just people who are insecure who wanna make themselves feel better by bringing you down to their level. That's the same thing with people. This is what what we do, those of us who work, right? We look at the people who don't care about money, who spend their lives traveling, living out of a van by the side of the river, right? You look at them and say, wow, that's gotta be a crappy life. And the funny part is they look at us and say the same thing because they're in heaven. So everybody's definition of heaven is different. Everybody's definition of professional accomplishment is different, and that's okay. But people generally don't like different. That's the genesis of racism, isn't it? Anything different's bad. What this Live Tour is doing, back in the day in the NBA and ABA days, do you remember there were two rival leagues Rival may be a slight overstatement, but the ABA with the Kentucky Colonels, the Virginia Squires, that was a real league. And there were players in that league who wanted to go to the NBA, who thought things would be better in the NBA. And there were some players who didn't wanna go to the NBA. They felt that that was not as welcoming and they wanted to be exactly where they were. For crying out loud, Julius Irving played in the ABA. So eventually what happened? The NBA and the ABA merged. Hmm. Now we've got the PGA Tour and a rival tour being built. Let's get back to that. What about the XFL and the USFL versus the NFL? Does the NFL support the USFL and the XFL? They say they do, but they don't. Do they want those leagues to fold? They say they don't, but they do. Would there be a time when they'd merge with The usfl the xfl no the reason why there won't be a merger is a merger comes with equals a takeover is when a bigger company takes over a smaller company though in some cases you could have a small company take over a bigger company but generally it's a bigger company taking over a small company a merger is when two companies get together and say hey we are both strong individually we will be better together But in the case of golf, the situation is not that you've got players on each side, some of whom are better than the others. So it's not like the NFL scenario. It's way more like the NBA and ABA scenario where you've got players for live who are just as good as players in the PGA, though we're hearing about there's not a lot of people from the top 100, it's people who are ranked below, it's people who aren't as good, but then you've got a guy who's over the hill at Phil Mickelson, even though he won a major like a year ago, and then Dustin Johnson, who's, he's a good player, but he may party himself right off the tour. So you could have an excuse for anybody, but I would argue that the people playing on the live tour are equally as talented as the people playing on the pga tour because in golf any given day someone can win a major or a tournament so is the future of live to actually get merged into the pga tour is it possible that the pga tour would actually accept that or is the money so dirty from saudi arabia that they wouldn't allow it That's a joke, folks. We're not talking about cleaning dirty money. We're not talking about the fact that Saudi Arabia and what they do with women and journalists and children. We're talking about money. It's the same reason why these golfers are playing on that tour. It's the same reason why the PGA would take money from just about any sponsor. Hold on. Do they take money from Nike? Coca. Anybody from the PGA Tour wear Nike? I'm just curious. I wonder where Nike does its business. I guess if there's one degree of separation between the place that the company does the business, hmm, I wonder what it means in F1. Remember we talked all about the money that's going everywhere from Saudi Arabia, from China? I guess the future of this is that the Live Tour, if it's successful, could easily merge with the PGA tour. But here's what's not going to happen. You are not going to have two rival tours competing for the same small group of individual pro golfers because there is not a huge set without a complete fall-off. You could go to the minor league golfing tour, but that's sort of like USFL and NFL. If there are going to be usga or actual golf pros from around the world who are all capable of winning majors there's gonna have to be something's got to give there's gonna have to be a merger so the word of the day is open but it could just as easily have been closed the us open starts this weekend phil mickelson is playing yes he is here's a way to see phil mickelson will not make the cut coca Add it as a wait to see. We've got another one later. But Phil Mickelson will not make the cut of the U.S. Open. How do you like them apples? The doors will be closed to you. No cut for you, Phil. All right. I don't know how to segue into this, but Deshaun Watson is back in the news again. I guess we could just wipe it and take a break. Okay, ready? Here we go. 4 82 In other news today... Deshaun Watson is back in the news. Everything this guy does is going to be newsworthy now because every day we read something else. There's a 24th suit now. There's rumors of a 25th, a 26th. Do I hear 27? We know for sure that lawsuits can be filed until March of 23. We got another 10 months of wondering whether or not, because that's a statute of limitations issue. We got another 10 months of... Statue of is when you know or reasonably should have known that an event happened and then the, the Statue of starts from that piece of knowledge. That's a general rule. There are exceptions to Statue of But anyway, there could be women who stand up and say, I'm suing, I'm suing, I'm suing. Meanwhile, the NFL continues to struggle with what to do, but Deshaun Watson is working out with the Browns. Deshaun Watson met the media for the first time since March 25th. So what do you do if you're the Haslam's? You know that the media is gonna to wanna to talk to Deshaun Watson, the Haslam's on the Browns. You're gonna to have to prepare him, And Watson's gonna say, I'm not gonna be prepared without my attorney present. And then I'm gonna say, bring your attorney, but we are sitting down to talk about message points. We are sitting down to talk about what you should say in front of the camera our fans are listening our sponsors are listening so the sean watson sits down and he says and i can't read all of what he said but i want to just read part of it what i was saying because he was questioned about what he said before when he had met the media back in march is yes i never assaulted disrespected or harassed anyone But at the same time, I do understand that I do have regrets as far as the impact that it's had on the community and people outside of just myself. Brilliant. That is brilliant lawyering by Rusty Harden. That is brilliantly scripted for Deshaun Watson because if you are a lawyer on the opposing side, you are hoping that he says something that you can use in your cross-examination of Watson if and when he takes the stand or you can use it in settlement talks because you can say to Watson's lawyer listen you're going to have to put your guy on the stand and when you do he's going to have to talk about all the statements he made under oath versus the statements he made when he was talking to the media and if there's one discrepancy We're going to nail him. So Watson's attorneys are telling him that. All these women's attorneys, Tony Busby, he's the only attorney, he knows this. So every word matters. It's a funny thing to say, right, in front of a microphone, I never assaulted, disrespected, or harassed anyone. That goes from criminal all the way to civil. Well done. Except what the lawyer forgot to understand is the difference between consent and coercion. Consent is when I ask you to do something and you say, I'd like to do that, and then we do it. It could be sexual, by the way, or it can also be business. It can be in any way. Coercion is when I say, I'd like you to do something. Now, let me think about it. All right, let me put it this way. If you don't do this, there's a chance that I'm going to do this, that, and that to you. And you say, hmm. If you do this, this, and that to me, then I'm going to have a problem either financially or emotionally. Therefore, I feel like I better do that which you're asking me to do. Okay, I'll do it. That's coercion. Consent, coercion, different. Then Deshaun Watson went on to say, when asked about whether he has any regrets about any of his actions, he said, i never assaulted anyone i never harassed anyone i never disrespected anyone i never forced anyone to do anything oh damn it to you almost stuck to it perfectly in the beginning of your statement you said assaulted disrespected or harassed then you were asked to follow up question and you said in order you said assaulted harassed disrespected but then you said i never forced anyone to do anything oh rats You just went full into coercion versus consent, which means that we can go into it too because we're gonna have someone on the stand who says, consent, no, I was totally coerced. And then Watson's gonna say, coerced, you totally consented. How would you not want my naked body in your hand? He was also asked about why he needed 66 masseuses and whether or not that number was correct. His answer? Talk to my lawyer. I like that. How could they not have prepped him for the question about why he needed 66 different masseuses over that period of time, whether what it was a year and a half? The Haslams failed Deshaun Watson. Rusty Harden failed Deshaun Watson. The reason they failed him is that while they prepared him slightly, they clearly did not prepare him enough, which gave Tony Busby, the lawyer for the women, the ability to come out after and say, Given the volume of the credible cases filed, the lead detective's sworn testimony, the undisputed facts, the heartbreak, the pain, the havoc that Watson has, called, has caused, excuse me, we think it would be appropriate to sh- see Deshaun Watson express some regret or remorse in the way he treated these women. Hmm. Why is he saying that? Why would the lawyer for the woman just want him to show any sort of regret or remorse? Wait a minute. If you show regret or remorse and you're in settlement discussions, that means you actually have done something that requires regret or remorse. But Watson has saying there's nothing that requires regret. He's saying I have no regrets. He's saying I have no remorse other than the fact that my family got hurt and my teammates and everyone who has to answer questions like what we talked about earlier in the show good positioning there or is it no it's not when you are settling a civil case which is where this is headed Deshaun watson thinking that he wants to go to trial 25 times makes me laugh He's, he wants to spend the next three four years of his life doing this it makes absolutely no sense to me so when he enters into settlement discussions he wants to do a global settlement A global settlement is the kind where you give one number, that number then gets split up by the attorney with his clients and you don't deal with it. It's sort of like the 9-11 fund where the money was given and then there's an entire committee set up to figure out who gets what and how much when. That happens with class action lawsuits where there's a settlement, the minor league settlement that happened in the SENI litigation that we've talked about on previous shows. MLB, we're just gonna give the money, you distribute it how you want. If you're Deshaun Watson, that's exactly what you want to do. You don't want there to be comparison between a woman who is more upset or less upset, one of the times that you turned over too early, turned over too late, turned over multiple times. You don't want any part of that. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens here. And if you're Roger Goodell, you are just praying to God that he settle these quickly because they're delaying this decision. It's got to end in an unpaid suspension. We know that. But to me, he's got to be put on leave right now. Deshaun Watson taking reps with the Cleveland Browns is a waste of time for the Cleveland Browns because Deshaun Watson will not be their quarterback opening day. By the way, there's another way to see Coca. They're coming left, right, and center. Book it. Deshaun Watson will not be the Cleveland Browns quarterback for their first game. Roger Goodell can simply not allow it. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about Sean Penn, and then we're going to talk about the Dodgers. We'll be right back.
2: This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. And now get $250 when you join RAMP for free. Just go to RAMP.com slash easy. RAMP.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
0: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.
1: welcome back to nothing personal how you doing my name is david sampson here with matthew coca every day pretty much i guess we're going away here soon coca we got uh in july we, we we're we going to finish off june we're going to africa in july although i say we i don't mean coca coca you want to go to africa and run a marathon at the top of Mount kilimanjaro what what are the chances if i asked you to come Climb on Kilimanjaro, run a marathon at the summit that you would do it. I'm just asking. Hello? Are you there? Definitely not there. Okay. welcome. I'm going to take that as a no, right? It feels like a no. Maybe go to Africa and not do the marathon, but he wouldn't be allowed. All right. We watch a movie every day. I love Sean Penn. I'm going to say it. I don't agree with his politics. There are many things I don't agree about his politics, but... I can separate art from the artist sort of, mostly, sometimes. Sean Penn has a movie that he directed called Flag Day. Flag Day is a movie that you can find somewhere on some streaming, I think it's in theaters. I think i had to pay like 3.99 for it. I think though it could have been free on Amazon, but I don't think so. I think I paid for it. It stars his daughter, Dylan Penn. Now, who's that? That is the daughter of Sean Penn and Robin Wright. Robin Wright from Princess Bride, House of Cards. You know Robin Wright from Santa Barbara. How about that? Dylan Penn, I had not seen act before. Not sure if she's been in anything. Sean Penn is in the movie and plays a dad, a 'er ne'er-do-well dad. True story. He's sort of a counterfeiter, sort of a a guy who's just a, a snake oil salesman, if you will. Can never get things together. His ex wife is a nightmare drunk. Their daughter is doing what she can to make it through. The, s- the brothers played by another kid of Robin Wright and Sean Penn. At the end of the day, what made me sad is that Sean Penn chose to do this movie as a vehicle for Dylan Penn. Because the script isn't good enough. The directing is way too heavy-handed in order to try to make her look better than she probably would be otherwise. She felt comfortable playing the daughter because she is the daughter. Hopper pet is the son. Thank you, Coca. I would say that this movie is a hard pass. No, no, no. Let me, let me do a better one, Coca. This movie is a soft pass. The reason it's a soft pass is I'm not sorry I saw it because I want to see everything Sean Penn directs and stars in, and I love to see the fact that his children are so grown up that they're going to be in movies, which makes me uncomfortable because I remember when they were kids. But it's not the quality that you're used to with Sean Penn. It's just not even close. It's called Flag Day. All right, let's talk for a minute, if you don't mind, about the Dodgers. While we were sleeping... The Los Angeles Dodgers are now, let me check this live. I believe, are they tied with the Padres? I think they're close to tied. Let me just, I don't want to get it wrong. I want to get it exactly right. Yes, I got it right. They are tied. The Dodgers and Padres are tied on top of the NL West. The Dodgers got Clayton Kershaw back over the weekend. He was fine. They've got Tony Gonsolin, Julio Urias in the rotation, Walker Ferris Bueller, who many people thought he was gonna win the Cy Young Award. All of a sudden, he's got a bit of a flexor strain, which is code word for, uh-oh. And then he had surgery for a bone chip. A bone chip, if you're watching on Nothing Person with David Sampson, YouTube channel, I wanna show you what bone chip is. My first experience with a bone chip was a former pitcher I had with the Expos, who then we traded for when I was with the Marlins, who was with us when we won the World Series. His name was Ugether Bina. Yes, that Ugether Bina, the guy who was actually in prison for attempted murder in Venezuela, where he's from. He's out of prison now. I haven't spoken to him, though, in quite a long time. So Ugether Bina walks into the clubhouse one day in Montreal, and I look at him. I say, hey, what's up? Because I didn't know at the time that he was going to be an attempted murderer, and I didn't know that we'd have him in Florida. I didn't even know I'd be in Florida. I said, what's up, Ugi? And he goes up to me and he's like making a fist. And I say, and if you watch on YouTube, you can see what I'm doing is I'm raising, I'm making a fist and I'm putting my arm as though I'm about to arm wrestle. You know, in that position, when your elbow is almost at a 90 degree angle, your shoulder, it goes down and up to your wrist. So I look at him, I say, hey, what's up? He says, he called me Poppy. Poppy, I can't straighten my arm. Well, what do you mean? A bone chip that gets lodged in your elbow makes it so you cannot get full extension on your arm. So on YouTube, I'm showing you this right now, which is when your arm is straight out and then you bend it with your fist to your shoulder and then put it back out. If you've got a bone chip, you, you can't move it past a point. There are pitchers like Urbina who could pitch with that and there are some times that you cannot. Walker Buehler's been pitching with a bone chip. Finally, it moved, it got lodged, and he had to have surgery. He's gonna miss eight to 12 weeks. Wait for it. Today is June something, June 15th. 12 weeks is three months, July, August, September. And then he's first got to start ramping up. Walker Buehler may be out for the season. He may be able to come back for the playoffs. He may get one start in before the playoffs, but Walker Buehler is not in the rotation anymore. And the Dodgers are not pummeling their opponents with their offense, even though their top of the lineup is insane with Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. Their bullpen's been mediocre with Craig Kimbrell, in my opinion, being slightly disappointing. So Andrew Friedman, who runs the Dodgers with his payroll, which is the highest in baseball, is looking at his team and saying, wow, I got to trade for a pitcher. Unbelievable. And so he will. I'll give you a wait to see on this one, which is yet my third. Is this my third one of the day? This is incredible. Third one of the day. The Dodgers are going to trade for a starting pitcher prior to the trade deadline on August 2nd. And the reason is that when you are the Dodgers, you have put yourself in a position, anything short of a ring with the money that you're spending, you have failed. And you're not going to stop from acquiring a starting pitcher like they got Scherzer at the deadline last year. You're not going to stop. The Dodgers will do that. Meanwhile, the Padres got bad news because they had their second set of doctors look at Fernando Tatis. Have you noticed the Padres are tied with the Dodgers? Blake Snell, for me, is mediocre at best. Fernando Tatis hasn't even played yet, and they're still tied? I'm feeling pretty good about myself. So the third team of doctors looked at Tatis yesterday and put a secret record that Tatis can't pick up a bat yet. He's so behind on his recovery. He's gonna be out till after the All-Star break. More missed time for Fernando Tatis. But don't worry, he's got the long-term deal. And don't worry, the analytics guys will all tell you we're good. He still has the most home runs of every shortstop since 2019 and he's missed 140 games. Big whoop. He has the most home runs. If you're going to win a World Series or advance in the playoffs or get by the Dodgers, you better have Tatis at short. So that's our wait to see. What else is going on in baseball? Ooh, one of you had a question about it. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. That's a good one. That's from a movie called Half Baked, if you've ever seen it. Half Baked is a movie with Dave Chappelle, and it's about people who get baked. And there's a character named Samson, and they all wanna talk to him. So go on my Twitter, go to David P. Samson. You can go to Instagram, but if you don't have Twitter, just sign up. Don't worry, you're not getting a chip implanted in your head. You're not gonna get in trouble. Everything's fine. Sign up for Twitter and then follow. Just do one follow. Follow David P. Samson and ask me a question. Hi, David. It's a good one. How would you deal with the Eduardo Rodriguez situation? I like a simple question like that, and I like the fact that I have to explain it to 75% of the listeners of this show. used to be 100% Miami and 100% baseball, and now it is not. Eduardo Rodriguez is a pitcher who is a free agent. He had a very nice season last year, and I'm blanking. I want to say he was with the Red Sox. I don't know why I'm thinking that. What team was he on, Coca Eduardo Rodriguez. So anyway, he was a free agent, and he's fine. He is a middle-of-the-rotation, fine pitcher. He's not going to make a team win. So interestingly enough, when Javi Baez and Eduardo Rodriguez signed with the Tigers, everyone thought that he was going to, that those two were going to make the Tigers over the hump, that their rebuild was gonna be over. The Tigers have been a disappointment. They can't score, they can't pitch. It's just fun watching Miguel Cabrera though, that's for sure. So Eduardo Rodriguez got $77 million over five years. Of course the Red Sox were not gonna do that, right? $15 million a year for Eduardo Rodriguez for five years? It's absurd. So he pitches the beginning of the season, he pitches to a four and a half ERA, whatever he does, and then he gets hurt. When we had pitchers get hurt who are on long-term deals, we had two things in mind. We want to get that pitcher back as quickly as possible, but we need to make sure that that pitcher has the personality where he wants to come back. Because some players, when they're hurt, are more than happy to stay on the injured list when they've got a guaranteed contract, because what do they care? They like their family life. They don't want to travel with the team. They're okay going to the spring training site okay doing rehab, maybe with even a third party approved by the major league team. And what's their incentive? Because when you're on a guaranteed contract, which is why NFL doesn't have these, when you're on a guaranteed contract and you're hurt, you get paid. Now, when you're a player not on a guaranteed contract, long-term deal, and you're hurt, you want to get back. And do you know what agents like Scott Boris do? they tell the player, don't come back too fast. Don't come back. In order for you to come back, I know you wanna be there for your team and you want your team to win, but listen, we've got a free agent deal to do. And if you're hurt and then you get better, no problem. Teams will forgive that. They're still gonna give you all the money I wanna get for you. Yeah, I mean that I wanna get for me, Scotty Boy says. But if you come back early, and you're not fully healed and you don't perform well and the reason is that you're hurt and not recovered, then teams are gonna say, wow, he stinks. So agents will always tell their players on non-guaranteed or short-term deals, don't come off the IL until you are good and ready. For their players on guaranteed long-term contracts who are hurt, some players will say, I wanna come back early because I wanna be with the team. I wanna travel. So that's what happens when a player's hurt. So Rodriguez is hurt and the Tigers wanted him to come back. He was ready to come back. They needed him to come back. And then all of a sudden he said, I'm out. I'm out on personal matters. I've had a bunch of players do that, where there's no reason, there's no excused absence. They need to be with the team. And they've said, I'm gonna take a leave for whatever the case may be. And when Roderick Rodriguez took a leave, we didn't know what it was. Of course, we were gonna find out. A few days later, it was what it normally is. It was, hey, we've got a marital issue, even though neither side approved that, but a source said that, or neither side confirmed that. But what the source said is, Eduardo Rodriguez is having marital problems, so he's away from the team, doesn't know when he'll be back. There have been players who have left for a year because of marital problems and they want to make be with their kids or they want to show the court that they want custody of their kids or they don't want their kids to be left alone where they're on the road, whatever the case may be. Eduardo Rodriguez is not coming back to the Tigers anytime soon. And guess what? If I'm the owner of the Tigers, Christopher Illich, and I see how this season is playing out, I'm calling up at Water Rodriguez and I'm saying, Donka Shane, you don't have all that stuff solved, do you? I mean, are you in therapy? Are you working on couples counseling? Are you figuring out what you wanna do? Because TYT, baby, take your time. Because when you are on personal leave, you get put on something called the restricted list. The restricted list is not the injured list. The restricted list means you don't get paid. The injured list means you do get paid. And guess what the Tigers don't want to do to Eduardo Rodriguez? Pay him. Now, if they were in the race and he were pitching like an ace, they'd call him up and say, listen, we're going to fly you and your potential ex-wife into Detroit. We're going to set you up. You're going to be in full-time therapy. We're going to get you the best lawyers possible. And once every five days, you don't have to come to the park the other five days, but once every five days, we're going to give you the ball. Are we ready to go? We'll try to arrange it so you pitch more at home than on the road. Remember when Roger Clemens, I don't know if many of you remember this, when the team's Was it the Blue Jays or the Yankees? Somebody was manipulating Roger Clemens' start so he'd only start at home, so he didn't have to travel on the road because he didn't want to travel on the road. He didn't want to leave. Maybe he wanted to be with his kids, like Cody, who's now a big leaguer. Maybe I'm not talking about Roger. Maybe it was another older pitcher. Anyway, there was some pitcher who a team was willing to just pitch him at home and sometimes, once in a while on the road, I'm out. Either you're on the team or you're not. It's like when a starting pitcher is not going to pitch in a city on a road trip, and they say, hey, is it possible that we can go home? Do you mind if I don't go on this part of the road trip? I'm not pitching anyway. My answer was no. You're on the team. Well, but David, you can save the cost of my hotel room and my per diem. No. We're still paying you your salary. What if there's a 28-inning game? Oh, Coca's back. Clemens did not have to travel with the Astros or the Yankees. I can't believe they allowed that. Whatever. I guess you just give him a needle and a boarding pass, and you're good to go. So, Eduardo Rodriguez. How would I deal with it? I just told you. I'd call him and ask him to stay away for as long as possible. Good luck. All right, what else happened in baseball of note? How about Steven Strasburg? I did that as a... uh, I think i tweeted about that Coca. i just have to mention him. i'm sorry he's in my head i was watching the marlins and the marlins beat the phillies so we lost our pick of the day which was quite annoying actually but how about the fact that steven strasberg was signed to that crazy deal and i talked about on twitter that he got boris let me explain that the nationals the Lerner family got boris people are very confused steven strasberg signed his seven-year deal after the nationals won the world series so since Strasburg signed that seven year, $200 million deal, he's done nothing, literally. He's been hurt almost the entire time. It's the biggest waste of money, the worst extension of all time. And you wonder why Scott Boris is so popular with his players. I don't know what it is about Ted Lerner. I never, and I asked him all the time. He was like my grandfather. I would say to Ted, hey Ted, why do you let Boris get you so often? and we'd have long talks about this. And he would say to me, David, you have it wrong. I get Boris. And I'd say, Ted, can you give me uh, a proof of that? Like an explanation of that? And he would say, I own the team. I know exactly how much the team is worth. I'm not gonna let a player go over 40, 50, $60 million. No way. And I always say, Ted, I don't get it. There's no one bidding against you. You don't have to give Strasburg $245 million. But we won a World Series. But what about the next one? It's so bizarre. Strasburg has pitched 31 innings in three years since he signed that deal. Is that good? Is that good, Coca? No, not for me. All right, nothing personal pick of the day. Marlins were up 4-0, Phillies tied at 4, Phillies went up 8-4. I got myself a win until the Marlins beat the Phillies. So we are now 71-55. Not the end of the world, but not happy. I want to talk about the Stanley Cup because it starts tonight. Two best teams in hockey for me are playing in the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup is now on ESPN, which is... Been huge. It was off ESPN for 17 years, I think, and that really impacted the sport. It impacted the value of the teams. Teams in hockey are worth four, five, six hundred million dollars, whereas in the other sports, it's over a billion dollars. Now that there is more TV exposure, ESPN is leaning in to hockey even more so than they lean into baseball, for crying out loud. And they're doing pre and post. They've got Steve Levy, Chris Chelios, Mark Messier. It's sort of a big thing. So if you've never watched, hockey or you're not interested or care about the stanley cup let me give you one reason to care ready back to back to back so we've talked about it and i told you that the lightning would be in the stanley cup i think that was a wait to see the lightning are going for their third straight title you could be witnessing one of the great dynasties in sports since the yankees of 98 to 2000 the lakers are right up there But this Lightning team, you got to watch it. And they're not playing a schlepper. They're actually playing the best possible team coming out of the West. So Gary Bettman, the commissioner of hockey, is going to be at the game tonight. He's going to address the media, I promise you, on the eve of Game 1 of the Stanley Cup. And he's going to tell you everything is coming up roses. Everything is perfect in the National Hockey League. Here's what you have to look for going forward before you tell me whether or not the NHL is good. Get me one franchise sold for over a billion dollars. One. Get me one franchise. Don't have one franchise playing at a college facility in Arizona in front of 5,000 people for three years because you couldn't get a ballpark figured out with Glendale. Now, you could say in the... In MLB, you've got the Tampa Bay Rays playing in front of a few people. The Oakland A's without ballparks. You've got the Marlins with bad attendance. But those teams are all worth over a billion. So watch for Gary Bettman to tell you that everything's great, and then we're going to tell him, just you wait. Well, I'm not going to wait much longer because the Tampa Bay Lightning are now four games away from accomplishing something that's really cool, and it starts tonight. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. There's going to be a bunch of stuff because tomorrow is game six of the NBA Finals. No, it's not. Tomorrow's Thursday, isn't it? Yes, tomorrow it's... Why aren't they playing every other day, Coca? What's the reason? I guess because the Stanley Cup is tonight, so that you couldn't have ESPN is owned by ABC. The Finals are on ESPN ABC, oh, that's why. All right, fair enough, not. We'll talk a bit about what is at stake for Steph Curry in his career? What's at stake for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in their careers as the NBA Finals goes to a game six? All right. Thank you. It's just business. My name's David. This is nothing personal.